Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is February the 15th, 2024. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Today was a good day. Um, work was work, but, you know, we got through it. Um, I got to listen to um, one of the first podcasts that got me into podcasting. Um, this is, I'm not going to, ah, I can get into it a little bit. The reason I had stopped watching or listening to this, and I'll plug them right now, uh, Wizard and the Bruiser. It's a really nerdy podcast. We talk about all all things nerddom. And um, they're really great. They're awesome. But um, I, I was like doing this whole deep dive when I initially got into podcasting. And uh, they were like my first one. And I was somewhat of a completionist back then. I was like, oh, if I'm into this, I got to listen to the whole thing. You know what I mean? I got to listen to it from start, from start to, to now. And um, Wizard and the Bruiser was the first one I kind of started like that. And one of the first times where I realized I don't want to do this anymore. Um, mainly because I had held a weird grudge because they did a Street Fighter episode where they talked about Street Fighter. And then they never talked about Tekken. They like had it as such an aside at the end of the Street Fighter episode. And I took that so personally. I was I'm such a big Tekken fan. So years have gone by. I've listened to so many other podcasts. I'm still forever thankful for them, like, you know, kind of more or less popping my cherry, getting me into this shit. I probably wouldn't even be here if I wasn't listening to them. But um yeah, they finally made a Tekken episode, and I was like, hold up, stop traffic, like, let's go, Let, let's fucking go. So it felt good to finally, like, listen to the history of of Tekken through their lens and their research, and that was very fun. Um, let's see here. I know that's not usually how I like to start off, but hey, talking about podcasting on a podcast. Uh, but Food Corner, that's that's usually where we're at, right? Let's, let's, t- let's take it back to Terra Firma, Isaiah's newsstand, the good shit. Um, I, um, had burger, hot dog, fries, and, uh, it was yummy. It was good. Um, not really much to, to rave home about, but, you know, you know, I love a, a meal with no misses and I eat it all. I lick the plate clean. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Is there anything else really to report? I feel like we're all caught up on my Joneses. I'm not, I'm not as emotionally weepy today or mushy. I feel good. I feel all right. So, uh, yeah, on that note, let me do my startup. And then I will get into some news. I think the first podcast I actually did listen to, though, and this wasn't like um, like of my own accord. That's why I don't count it. But like someone like was like, "Ooh, this is what I do. I listen to podcasts." And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's cool. Let me show me." It was uh, my favorite murder, which is another one that I got into and no longer listen to. Uh, I'm not waiting for any other episodes there, but you know, it's still good. Uh, you know, I recommend that one too. It's definitely worth your time if you like a. You like a true crime? You like a good gab session? I think that's it's it does those in spades. Okay, uh, enough uh, dilly dallying. Let's get into the real shit. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, from the Associated Press, Israeli forces storm the main hospital in southern Gaza, saying hosp- uh, saying hostages were likely held there. 
Israeli forces stormed the main hospital in the southern Gaza in southern Gaza on Thursday, hours after Israeli fire killed a patient and wounded six others inside the complex. The Israeli army said it was seeking the remains of hostages taken by Hamas. The raid on Nasser Hospital came after troops had besieged the facility for nearly a week, with hundreds of staff, patients, and others inside struggling under heavy fire and dwindling supplies, including food and water. A day earlier, the army ordered thousands of displaced people who had taken shelter there to leave the hospital in the city of Khan Yunus, the focus of Israel's offensive against Hamas in recent weeks. The war shows no signs of ending, the, and the risk of broader conflict grew as Israel and Lebanon's Hezbollah militant group stepped up attacks after a particularly deadly exchange on Wednesday. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah, I mean, essentially they, they raided Nazar Hospital again, um, this time saying, hey, we are looking for the, not even hostages. I think I heard that and interpreted it initially that that's what they were saying. It's like, no, 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 no. We just, we want remains because like at this point they're, they're in the situation of, I think like the number is about 130, but I think it's kind of known that about, I think about a fourth of them are dead. It's just not confirmed. So that obviously leads to a very murky, very strange situation that can happen in these kind of conflicts where it's almost like you just see motherfuckers taking advantage of the numbers and saying, well, we just want to do this for the thing that we're doing, right? This is our campaign. We got to get all the hostages back. Remember, total victory, get all the hostages. And it's like, dude, you're just wanting to fuck with people at a hospital. Like, I, I really just feel like that's what it is. I mean, you, why, why is it in this process that you're, you're killing someone? That just doesn't make sense. Um, yet again, we're not doing arrests, things of that nature. No, it is just don't, done. And then... You have a mass evacuation of this hospital. You have people who are literally wounded, like saying, hey, I almost passed out just getting out of the door of this hospital. Now I have to walk miles to another hospital. You know what I mean? That could just as easily be attacked. So, um, yeah, there's that situation. They did mention the um, situation that's going on between Lebanon and Israel. I wanted to kind of touch on that before we move on. Separately, Israel launched airstrikes into southern Lebanon for a second day after killing 10 civilians and three Hezbollah, Hezbollah fighters on Wednesday in response to a rocket attack that killed an Israeli soldier and wounded several others. So it is just a classic like tit for tat response that Israel is want to do. Um, you know, they just they say, oh, OK, you kill one of ours. We are going to try to decimate you for the next X amount of time. So we just say we're good. Um so, yeah, I mean, it, it also talks about how, like, you know, more or less, I, I can't even say more or less, like, there, there's just no more hostage talks, it seems like, uh, at least from Israel's side, they've kind of left the, the conversation table, the bargaining table. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's that. So it, it just, it's sad that it seems like we're going nowhere, that the violence is just getting ratcheted up um for seemingly just more obscure shittier reasons if you ask me not to say that you know the remains of hostages don't matter that is an important thing you know you you deserve the right to get to bury a person and and do you know the last rites and stuff however you want to do it or however the person wants to do it i get that but um not at the cost of the living not not like this not no like that's never gonna square for me it's never gonna make fucking sense um, but yeah, let me move on before I get, uh, you know, worked up. Um, from ABC News. Plane lands safely after door falls off mid-flight. Man, we are back at it again. Um, this is like a, I think like a smaller plane. But still, this, this is, this is a, this is 
too much of a trend, if you ask me. A small plane carrying two people has landed safely after losing a door mid-flight over a public park, according to police. The incident occurred at approximately 6 p.m. on Monday when the officials at Cheektowaga uh, Police and Fire Dispatch received a call for assistance from Buffalo International Airport in New York. Also, I got to tell you guys, this is free plug. I, I'm so distracted by this Verizon uh, Beyonce commercial playing in the background that I, I just had to talk about it. And also, I think uh, Texas Hold'em is a country song, and I don't give a fuck if you disagree. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I actually wanted to talk about that, and I just spilled on the page. I'm not doing a Patreon for that. I just wanted to say that. Um, Anyway, back to this fucking plane with no door. Um, A small plane carrying two people reported losing a door to to the plane while flying over the area of Stiegelmeyer Park in Chitakawa. 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 Chiktawaga. I'm so sorry. Um, the Chiktawaga Police Department said in a statement released to the police describing the midair incident. The plane is reported to have landed safely. So this is good news in, in that regard. But man, another plane. But you know what? Hey, let's do a silver lining on silver lining. This wasn't a Boeing. I don't know what type of plane it was, but I'm very sure it was not a Boeing. You know what I mean? We're not maxing out. You feel me? So that's good. Uh, you know, clap it up for that. Boeing dodging a bullet. But I mean, man... Uh, another fear and concern about being in the air. God damn it. E- even in a, actually though, if I'm being real, I would rather be on a commercial flight than like, oh, I'm flying with like my homie or something, you know, in a little Cessna or some shit. Cause I feel like that's way more dangerous. Like sure, this, this, this pilot or whoever has like a bunch of hours, like everybody else, you gotta go out and get your flying shit and get your license, all that, blah, blah. But I don't know, man. There's just something too DIY homie guy about, Hey, man, let's just hop up on my plane and, like, go to blah, blah. Like, I don't know. I don't think I want to do that with you. I don't want to really do that with anyone because I feel like I'm going to be in, like, an an airborne fucking casket just waiting to... But anyway, like I said, these guys are fine. It's time to fly. I hope I'm not spreading, like, weird, like, propaganda, don't go on a plane vibes. Like I said, it's actually safer to fly on a plane than it is to drive a car. Hey, there you go. I said that. That's what you say, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) Um, moving from the skies to the digital world of Romania. Anyway, um, from NBC News, more than 100 Romanian healthcare facilities taken offline after cyber attacks target hospitals. Scroll down here. More than 100 healthcare facilities in Romania are offline after hackers launched a ransomware attack on at least 25 hospitals, the country's cybersecurity agency said Tuesday. According to the Romanian National Cybersecurity Dictorate, that's a fun, cool name, uh, the attack started with the Petiesti uh, Pediatric Hospital and quickly spread to others. An additional 79 uh, healthcare facilities have disconnected from the internet to try to avoid the hackers. The affected facilities represent a significant portion of the country's healthcare system. According to a study last year, the researchers at multiple Romanian universities, um, the country has uh, 543 hospitals nationwide. Multiple studies have shown that hospitals have a higher mortality rates when they experience downtime from ransomware attacks. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, kind of just seems like almost matter of fact to say that. But I mean, naturally, 
when all your systems are down, now everyone has to like go back to the pen and paper in a situation where you all, like you almost literally cannot do that. Like there are people's records and things that are being kept contract uh, that are being kept track by computers and things of that nature and charts and all these kind of things. It just gets thrown up in jeopardy and like it is completely, completely like what's the word I'm looking for? It, it is just, it makes everything dire. It makes it turns things into a very much a life and death situation. Um, it, it, it's it's giving Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> even though I don't I, I never know if I don't I know House never did, but they definitely should have had like a malware attack episode. That'd be kind of hard. Um, hard as in like that would be cool. That'd be cool to see on on the silver screen or whatever the screen is that you have on your TV or your phone. Um, let's see here. Uh, despite some global efforts to combat them, ransomware attacks where cyber criminals infect a criminal or infect a computer system and demand a Bitcoin payment for a promise to help unlock them are globally on the rise. Last year, victims paid their attackers a record $1 billion with a B. Uh, we definitely did cover some of them, you know, a bit. And um, because like I said before, I, I I don't have a background in any of this shit. I'm just a guy who likes podcasts and I tend to read a bunch of news and listen to a bunch of news via podcast. So I, I really kind of got into... Um, just like, wow, I really want to know about cybersecurity. So I, I, you know, I'd listen to like dark net diaries and things of that nature. And that is, you really got me fascinated in because you just hear so many stories and, and like, even just on both sides of people who have made the ransomware, malware, whatever, and the people who then have to defend, uh, the malware ransomware and, you know, everyone who's kind of caught in between it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just fascinated by these things. So of course I wanted to kind of cover it. Actually, a bit of a spoiler. The next one is actually hacker-related. But um, the hackers have asked for $3.5 billion in ransom, the equivalent of almost $170,000, the Romanian agency said. Um, which, when I heard that number, I was actually kind of surprised because usually you hear higher numbers and, like, in the scheme of things, like, what you're asking for, like, that's not a lot of money. But that's kind of part of... Um, the 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 plan when you're using phobos which is um uh the ransomware used the hackers identities are not public but according to the romanian agency they use a strand of ransomware called phobos created by russian-speaking hackers the that strain has been leaked and can be used by any criminal hacker said alan liska a ransomware analyst at the cybersecurity rans uh cybersecurity company recorded future this appears to be by far the largest attack using Phobos, he said. Now I'm going to go to another site here real quick and read a little definition. Uh, ransomware Ultimate Guide, uh, Compare Attack, or whatever the fuck. Excuse me. In addition to being used as ransomware, Phobos is a support system for Advanced Persistent Threats, or APTs. In this scenario, hackers gain access to a network and spend time exploring resources, extending control, and accessing the value of da uh, data held within. So Phobos is an avenue for ransomware and data theft. Both of these threats can cause severe financial and reputational damage uh, to businesses. So yeah, I mean, I think it was smart that they cut off the um, 
like the internet in the rest of the hospitals and in some other hospitals just to like be safe because for sure they're gonna kind of try to uh, gonna gonna try to keep spreading this gonna keep trying to do this to keep making more money i think that's part of the reason why they said hey let's just ask for a small amount so that they will be more inclined to pay it and then we can just keep flipping this and make more money um so yeah, I mean, it's crazy that they are successful, but you understand that like, hey, like, yeah, we're gambling with these um, criminals, these cyber criminals. Sure, they might sell the information regardless. Sure, they might not turn it on. Sure, they might come back again. But we need to get this shit back on because once again, lives are on the line. You know what I mean? Like, they have this kind of like... Um, I know I'm using the wrong words yet again, but like the supply and demand issue where it's like we are under the control of these people in these situations. And like, yeah, it, it's probably smarter to move with the law here. We don't want to just give them money for nothing. Um, but and you also don't want to like encourage the behavior, of course. Sure, sure, sure. But at the end of the day, lives are important. Saving face is important because a lot of times that, that is what happens too. is uh, these companies, these hospitals, whatever. They will pay it. Or they'll let it happen, and then they won't talk about it. They won't talk about it until it leaks and, like, is on a forum or something like that. And then it's like, yeah, that did happen a few months ago, a year ago. Sure, yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to use that as, as a segue because I feel like uh, 23andMe actually winds up being a, a big uh, culprit for that. They, they are definitely guilty in that regard. So, yeah, let me go ahead and take my break, and we'll move from one hacker uh, a one hacking story to another hacking story. Um, and I actually kind of stumbled on this, but 23andMe has kind of been trending this week because apparently um, the grift is up. Everyone kind of knows now because the money is talking that uh, this is not a billion-dollar company, and it's actually a, uh, a tinier million-dollar company, and essentially they've lost, like, I think, like, 91% of their actual like financial revenue or whatever. I'm not an economist, but whatever. We'll get into it. Let me go ahead and, you know, take my break. And take you feel free to take it with me if you like, you know. That is often that is encouraged silently throughout these episodes. But yeah, hopefully this is a fireside chat. You feel me? You know, we're we're, we're working together. We're we're starting up and we're breaking together. That's what I like. I like that. But yeah, you know, do you? Whatever. Whatever your break is. Ooh. Jolly good. Okay. From The Guardian. Hackers got nearly 7 million people's data from 23andMe. The firm blamed users in very dumb move, which I agree, but we'll get into that. <coughs> Three. Ooh. Wait a second. Mm. Ooh-wee. Sorry about it. Deep breaths. Okay. Three years ago, a man in Florida named JL decided on a whim to send a tube of his spit to the genetic testing site 23andMe in exchange for an ancestry report. Already, it's like, pause. You're not getting me to spit in the tube just so I can go back into my, my past. I'm cool on that. Um, also, I'll say ahead of time, 
this is not including like oh I knew this was bound to happen I know I did definitely know um but um I was never a big 23andMe guy, especially after the Golden State Killer got caught with that. That was like very much a, like a confirmation of like, yeah, this is not not for me. I don't want to know about my shit. I'm adopted and I'm never going to know my history. Like that that was kind of my vibe and um, I never really gave a shit about it. But I, I got the novelty of it. There's definitely an allure to it. But um uh, yeah, I mean, 23andMe has kind of been uh, a bit of a, a gift staple for a while where, like, maybe your your grandparents or your uncle or whatever, you know, bought you a 23andMe kit so that you could, like, you know, figure out your history and wouldn't that be cool and cute to know? And, you know, sure, there were people who would be like, yeah, it turns out I'm 25% blah, blah, and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, oh, that's that's so cool, man. Um Granted, there's a whole lot to that in and of itself. Um, another plug I'm going to do, since I'm just, this, apparently this is just a plug and shout out episode. True and on, I don't know if this is a paywall episode or not, but um, they do, the, the newest episode they dropped today was Spit Test, I think. Um, and it was a really good episode where they just more or less cover 23andMe. Now, I mean, this shit just broke about the hacking thing, and like I said, I was going to look up uh, about this shit, and then I, I stumbled onto the hacking, and that, to me, was, like, more interesting than the whole 23andMe bottoming out being a shit company. But check them out if you really want to know more or do, do just look at it. It's very interesting. Like I said, I, I learned a lot today about 23andMe, so I was, like, I was pretty primed to talk about it. Um, but anyway, let, let's, let's continue on JL's story. I'm sorry. Uh, JL, like millions of other 23andMe participants before him, says he was often asked about his ethnicity and craved a deeper insight into his identity. He said he was surprised by the diversity of his test results, which showed he had some Ashkenazi Jew heritage. JL said he didn't think much about the results until... He learned of a huge breach at the company that exposed the data of nearly 7 million people, about half of the company's customers, who who are worse. He later, oh man, there's another burp coming. <clears throat> worse, he later learned of a hacker going by the pseudonym Golem, who had offered to sell the names, addresses, and genetic heritage of reportedly... Uh, and genetic heritage reportedly belonging to 1 million 23andMe customers with similar Ashkenazi Jew heritage on a shadowy dark web forum. Suddenly, JL worried uh, his own flippant decision to catalog his genes could put him and his family at risk. Um, and I understand that being really fucking scary. I could imagine that there's so many people that, like I said, did this shit for the novelty. They just thought, oh my gosh, yeah, why not? It'd be good to know about where I came from. You know, we got that crest. Let's find out if we're actually blah, blah, you know? Wouldn't that be neat? And and you're like, yeah, sure, honey, it would be so neat. And then next thing you know, like, you're on the fucking dark web and people are, like, trying to buy your information to potentially harass you or something. Like, that's a scary notion to think about. That's going to, like, make you get goosebumps. Like, I get that. Um, just, like, I got a little bit of goosebumps saying, oh, my God, wouldn't it be crazy if I got linked to some murder or, like, somehow because I did 23andMe, someone is out implicated in a murder? And it's like, oh, well, what do you mean? There's You have nothing to hide. You have nothing to fear. No, man, when you get into the goddamn details, this shit was not a goddamn exact science. And it, the more I kind of learned about 23andMe, it was giving um, Theranos 
and we've talked about Theranos before, but essentially uh, Elizabeth Holmes, uh, scam god, scam goddess, I should say. I mean, shit. Um, she got some Kissinger money out of that. And I mean, yeah, she fucked up some people on some medical shit. Uh, boo, tomato, tomato, that woman. But she did scam and took from the best of them. So fuck, fuck yeah on that part. But um, that's a bit of the weeds. 23andMe is giving that. And I, I feel like this was a company that was like, okay, we're a novelty, but we want to make sure that we make money. We need to make more money. And like they, they were constantly scheming, constantly doing whatever they could. And so they, they kind of kept pivoting and adding on to what they could kind of test and do. And they gave you a lot of, um, um, I don't want to say agency. I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm at a loss for words. But like essentially – um, the ability to kind of like share your data, share your genetic information that you could opt into this service and the software that they have. And these are the kind of things that winds up getting hacked. And now this, this information that we're using, once again, is a cool little cheeky little novelty that you can share with people and get more information about your heritage or blah, 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 from all this, uh, DNA genetics. Um, you were supposed to be able to, uh, oh no, I'm, I'm in the weeds. Um, let me read a little bit more. Um, I, what I really wanted to get to was, um, did I lose my highlight? I think I did. Um, but essentially what they were saying was the error wasn't on them. Like, yeah, we got hacked. Like, I think it happened. They knew about it maybe in like 2022 and maybe it comes out in 2023. And, um, but essentially they wind up blaming the customers and they're saying, Hey, like, you guys, one, had the option to opt into the software or not. And then two, there's now known risks. So you should be updating your password. You should be more protective of this information. And because you weren't, it's compromised. Oh, sorry. It's not really our fault. But it's like, no, like these people now have lawyers. There's a whole ass fucking lawsuit. And um, hold on. Let me, let me actually get back on the rails maybe. Um, 23andMe users suing the company for negligence seem to agree. They say they never would have bought the company's kits had they known how lax the security was. Since the breach, more than two dozen 23andMe users have brought forward individual and class action lawsuits, accusing the company of negligence and invasion of privacy. The specifics of each of the lawsuits vary, but each argues that uh, each argues the company failed to implement and maintain adequate security measures. Um... So, yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where, um, I, I don't know, it's definitely disappointing to see that, like, 23andMe was not just something that was kind of like, eh, is this not something for me? No, but it was actually, like, a bad company. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed that, but I just kind of was just hearing more and more about 23andMe, and then I landed on this whole hacking thing. And Mia culpa, you know, I know I did not cover this well, and um, that's a shame, Oh, I did want to get this quote in. At least let me get this in here. Um, actually, no, let me read this whole little thing here. The slow-burning data breach scandal adds insult to injury to a company that has precipitous, precipitously fallen from the highest rungs of Silicon Valley exceptionalism in the recent years. The company went public for, in 2021 at a value of $3.5 billion dollars. Now it is worth roughly $300 million, a decline of 91%. 23andMe has never turned a profit in its 18-year history. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. This is making me feel old. It has been around for 18 years. Jesus Christ. 
Um, it may run out of cash by 2025. In only a few short years, the company that once seemed destined to become the Google of spit is struggling to remain on the NASDAQ in spite of co-founder, CEO, and, and CEO, Annie Wojcicki, question mark on whether I pronounced that correctly, uh, repeated attempts uh, to quell investor concerns. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think you're going to be able to, to stop this fire. Um, but yeah, I think, and I know I keep kind of circling this, and I'm, I'm, ash- I'm ashamed of myself for missing the quote here. My bad. Uh, uh, uh. But like the fact that you're really going to say that it's like it's on the people. It's like, no, dude, I'm a casual user. Like, that's not fair to sit there and say, no, man, you have to have like really good um, cyber hygiene. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, no, you should have better security at your company. That's, that's my feelings on that issue. So yeah, um, sorry for getting all turned around. Sorry for getting all, you know, fucked up. But feel free to read this article. It's definitely a bit long. Um, but it is worth the read. Or I'm sure you can, like, you know, find a YouTube on this. Find a better podcaster to tell you about it, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, en- enough of that. Let me go into my shill mode. Patreon.com slash Isaiah News. If you'd like to help out, support the effort, I do uh, shout you out at the top of the month. Plug a project if you'd like. Um, feel free to send me an email at isaiahnews1 at gmail.com. Feel free to follow me or the podcast on uh, the socials. And hopefully your subscribe to the YouTube really helps out. I appreciate all the cool comments and um, the likes. And if you share it, that's also dope. Super fucking cool. And if you're not listening on YouTube, that's totally that's hunky-dory fine. Um, you can do similar things on Spotify, Apple, um, wherever you're listening to. Um, and it's much appreciated, but really the, the best thing that you, you could do is just listen to me. I, I appreciate you listening to me and, and all my foibles. Gosh, I'm, I need you guys to know you've made it this far. Who fucking cares? You're at the end credits. This is me eating shawarma. All right. I'm, I'm upset. I fucked that up. And I'm going to be thinking about that while I cook and, and going, God damn it, I hope I don't do that tomorrow. But I hopefully, I hopefully will, Lord willing, or whoever is out there, you know, I'll see you. I'll see you next time. And hopefully you tune in. And hopefully I can't do it. Hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.